Good morning. I hope, I hope everybody is feeling well. Um, this morning should be dedicated as close for the Chayelim Nechatufim, 100 days to the war. Um, the radio coming in, I feel like, is my low point of the day. Sorry, the drive coming in, it's like, I feel like it's my low point of the day. When I listen to the radio going in, I get all depressed. But I, Baruch Hashem, I get to come here, and then we get, we get to learn together. And I don't think I've really felt Lulei Sarasqa Shashua in my entire life until, until this war started. It's really, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really a crazy feeling. You really get really swept away and, and really, really down in the dumps. Merak Hashem, we have Torah to, to ground us, we have Torah to uplift us, we have, we have to, and, we, we, and we have Torah to inspire us. That being said, um, today we're going to speak a little bit about self-compassion in, uh, in, in, in Kavanah and Tzvila. Last week we saw that, that there is, the Kavanah is one of the major requirements in Tzvilah. We saw three different types of Kavanos that are good to have. We saw there's Kavanah for Peher Shamilim, there's Kavanah that you're Omei the Thayamelech, and there's Kavanah that you're some type of disembodied soul floating up there in the Shemayim. We saw different Shitos about what actually is Ma'akev in terms of Kavanah. So sort of Chaim Salvechik say that you have to have Kavanah that you're Omei the Thayamelech for the entire time. We saw, we saw, we saw some Akhorn pushing back on that. No, maybe you only need, maybe you only need that Kavanah and you only need Peher Shamilim for the, for, for, for the first Grecha. Um, and we discussed one or two Mahalchim last week about how to deal with our lack of Kavanah B'smanazah. We spoke about the Chazanish, so maybe you just need Kavanah in the back of your mind, even if it's not in the front of your mind. And we spoke about maybe the words themselves have some power, even if you're not Yotze, the best type of tefillah without Kavanah, the words at the corner of Chaim Velashin, the words themselves are still like a carbon, just like a carbon mincha, not like, not like, not like a carbon tamid. What I want to do today is, just, is, is chart out a, a, another Mahalach about how to understand how we daven today without having, perhaps, having requisite kavana as described by the Rambam in Shulchan Arach in the previous year. Um, and this just really comes from joint learning together with the, with the, with the, with the, with the Avrechem, a mahalach that I don't think is as explicit in the acronym um, as the ones we discussed last week, but it's something which I think you could tease out from a, from a, bunch, of, from a, from a, from a bunch of different makoros. Um, but just to start... I, w- I want to start in a certain place, and that's the Gemara and Erev in Tafsal Machayam Aleph. It's talking about the, how important Kavana is. So at the first source, Amarav Kiyavar Ashi Amarav, Kol She'in Zaytum Yishev HaSalav Al Yispalo. So the Gemara is very clear. If your mind is not settled, if you're troubled by things, you really should not be davening. Shem Shnemar Batsar Al Yurev. Rashi, the Old Rishon point out, there's no such Pasuk, Batsar Al Yurev, to try to figure out what, what the actual Pasuk is. But the, the Halakha is clear, Kol She'in Zaytum Yishev HaSalav, you can't daven. Then you have the Gemara has all these, all these sorts of stories of Amarayim that like, just were not davening because they were in situations where they couldn't have Kavanah. If you're traveling, you shouldn't daven for three days. The Kesemishta points out, it's three days after, after you're in traveling. Kavachomer, if you're traveling, if you're actually on the plane, you're actually on the donkey, you should, you should not be davening. Skip down a line, Avod Shmuel. When I came back from a journey, I didn't I didn't daven for three days. Shmuel didn't daven in a house that had shikra is beer or wine? Beer? Beer. Why? Because the smell would what Rashi says, you get a little bit drunk from just the smell of, of beer. I guess his alcohol tolerance was very, very low. And he wasn't able to concentrate if he smelled beer. Rapapa wouldn't daven in a house that had small fried fish. Rashi says, Mishamreka. So it sounds like if you're in a situation where you're troubled, where you're in Daito Mishavasalav, even if it's a, even if it's something which seemingly is is a small impediment to Kavana, Al Yispala, you shouldn't even daven, just skip davening. You're honest, there's, there's nothing you could do. That's how sensual Kavana is to davening. Could we make the distinction that 
they had no chiyuv to daven because they were learning all day long. So if you're gonna stop your learning, then it has to be davening at the highest level. But for the regular people who are doing a million other things and they have a requirement to daven, that that's a that would be interesting. I think the Gemara limits. The Gemara does raise that possibility. It does raise that with the Rishim Bar Yochai and his students that Misha Torasu Umnaso, somebody who's learning all day, they're pater from davening. But I think Rabbi Yochanan the Gemara already says that it's not. That's not us. That's only Rabbi Yochanan Bar Yochai and his students. Not necessarily even the regular Amora would would be would be on that level. Varaya, they were traveling back and forth. Rishim Bar Yochai, I guess, sounds like most of his life he was stationary in a cave somewhere, or most of his life he was in a Spanish cave. Um, but people that are, it sounds like the Amorayim were active. Rapapa was a businessman, the Gemara says. He sold beer, right? Rapapa had a whole business. He made a lot of money selling beer. Shmuel was a doctor. Shmuel was a doctor. He also... Maybe Shmuel was trying to dive Rapapa's beer house. Ah, uh, maybe. <laughs> the, different generations, different generations. <laughs> but it's, uh, but that would be, yes, the, I guess that would be an option. I guess it makes sense. Shmuel was a doctor, and he was against alcohol. So he, right, <laughs> he, so he, the, the smell of alcohol got him drunk. Her papa was uh, he sold beer for a living, fish was the but the fish was a competition. <laughs> so got kind of, kind of yes, um, yeah. But we're talking about Amorai, and they were very active. Shmuel also says that he he knows the pathways of the heavens, like this constellation of stars, like he knows the streets of Narda. He was a scientist. He knew whatever science was available at the time. It sounds like Shmuel. It sounds like Shmuel was involved with um, the. Um, the Gemara then, sorry, so the Rambam Paskins this. The Rambam, look on source number three. The Rambam says, Kavanah sulev ketzad, kol tefilash inam kavana in a tefilah. we saw last week. If you daven without kavana, it's not considered a tefilah at all. The mispal below kavana, chos are mispal below kavana. If you daven without kavana, you have to daven again. Matzah naitam mishabeshes, filibol tarot. If your mind is a little bit, a little bit, um, Disheveled. I can't think of the can't think of the word world. You're all scattered all over the place. Filibol tarot, and your your heart, your mind is is distressed. If you're driving somewhere and you're stressed out, if you're on a plane, you're thinking about your destination, you're thinking about your business trip, it sounds like straight up from the Rambam, you should not be davening. Um, and that is and that is the, the Gemara, it's the Rambam, it is, if you look at the, look at the Rift, Rift, the Rift also quotes this, this is clearly the mainstream halakha, and there's no dissenting view in the Gemara itself. So why do we daven on planes? Why do we daven when we're traveling? Why do we daven when daitu mishubashas? Because if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch quotes from the early Ashkenazi Rishonim that we are not on this level. Look at source number four. Shulchan Aruch says you shouldn't daven in a place that's going to be mavatel your kavana. And nor in, a, nor in a time when you're when a time period that is about your kavana, if you're stressed out about things in your life, you shouldn't be davening. I mean, you might think that that's the perfect time to daven is to bring that stress into davening. But if, if you're dis, if you're disheveled, if you keep your mind if your mind is scattered, you can't concentrate. That is not the time when you should be davening. But look at the look at the but look at the look at the next line of Shulchanach. The Ankshav ain anunus harin Nowadays we're not we're not careful about this. Because we don't have so much kavana anyway. So we don't have so much kavana when our mind is settled, when everything is going good in our lives, and we could concentrate. So therefore, there's no reason to not daven when our mind is scattered, when we're traveling, or when we are in some type of distress, distress or distracted situation. So that's A. A similar thing repeats itself. You look in Sokhan Arach, source number five, about chazara, about repeating Shemona Esrei if you daven without kavana. If you're davening, you have to have kavana in every bracha. 
And but you have to at least have kavana in for the first bracha that we saw last week. Vim lo kibin ba'avos, afapish kibin b'chol ashar galkzor v'yispalo. Shachanara paskin straight up like the Gemara, straight up like the Rambam. If you don't have kavana in the first bracha shmon esrei, you start off distracted. You have to repeat shmon esrei. You're not yotzi shmon esrei. What does the Ramah do? Haga. Nowadays we're not chozer. We don't we don't repeat shmon esrei. Because who says they're going to come on the second time around? What purpose is there to repeat Shemona Esrei? So you see there are two halakos about how central Kavana is to Shemona Esrei, to Tfila. Number one, you shouldn't start davening in a situation where you're distracted. Number two, if you daven without Kavana, you have to repeat Shemona Esrei. And both of these halakos, even though they're quoted by the Rambam, they're quoted in the initial presentation of Shemona they get backtracked, they get walked back by the Ramah, because nowadays we don't have so much kavana anyway. When we were learning this, I was, uh, I was interested. I was interested in trying to trace the history. See, who is the first person to say that nowadays we don't have kavana? It's like where in history is there is there is there that break that in the in the 700s they're having kavana, then in the 1000s they stopped having kavana. So I emailed Rabbi Doctor Professor Kanavogel. If those are familiar with him, he is a was a shor of Antinak. He's also a world-renowned um, professor of Jewish, philosophy, Jewish medieval Jewish history, intellectual Jewish history, with a particular expertise in the Balitosos. Because I noticed this idea was coming up in the Balitosos. It only enters the Chachmei Sfarad with the with the Rashba, who was who was who was influenced by the Balitosos. Um, so he told me he doesn't know the initial initial starting point. Yeah, but you could trace it. You could trace it to the re. The re is one of the early balitosos. The re says something of this sort in a particular sugya masakas brachos. And nowadays we, we don't concentrate as well as they do in the good old days. And once the re said it, so the other chachmei ashkenaz started applying it all, all over masakas brachos, all over places where kavana, where kavana matters. It is not if Sephardi origin. The Rambam, I don't think, quotes Yerida Tadoros anywhere. I can't say this definitively, but as far as I'm familiar with, the Rambam never quotes Yerida Tadoros as a doctrine in any of his books. And the Rishoni Ashkenaz were very, very, were very into it. You know, we just there was success. We're not in the level of the Amorim anymore. Our concentration has gone down, and therefore there are various local ramifications of of Yerida Saderos. And then once Ashkenazi move over to Spain, the right the Ramban studies with the Balitosvos, so he gets familiar with the Balitosvos, and the Rush goes over from from Germany to to Spain. And he starts talking to talking with the Rashba. So then these ideas of Yerida Saderos start coming into Spain as well. And then both Ashkenazim and Sfardim think that nowadays we can't have Kavana. I think it's anecdotally and experientially true that we don't, we don't that most people don't have so much, so much, so much Kavana nowadays. But it's interesting to trace like, who decided, like the Gemara Times, like, where they had Kavana, and now, nowadays we don't. Yeah, Ali. There was a, um, a important shir about Moshe Walton. Yeah, sure. He gave over from a prime standard. He said that when you did very kind as a Messiah, from his door onward, there's no more philosophy to change your mind. And his Rebbe, the Tom Rebbe, also quoted around that same time, saying because of the, that super, there's no more really real Rebbe's or Talmudai or the Bashem project. The Derek of the Bashem is, is in Wallace yeah. in a certain way. That's interesting. So there's a certain time period in the 1800s where things were not how they were before. Right. And it's brought down as a Messiah. Right. So I think this the thing that this was a machlokas between the Satmar and Chabad. I think that if I if I recall correctly, the Satmar Rebbe said that the ore of the Balshemto died out in Europe, and now we have the Hanhagos and the Kila, yeah. meaning the original spiritual energy of the Balshemto was not there. 
the Babish Rebbe, if you read his writings, he's like, in America, 1950s, 1960s, this is after the time when the world of Bashem Tov is most in scholar in the world, for a variety of reasons, um, and this is the time when the Bashem Tov's message can actually be understood and concretized and, 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 and applied. And that's the, therefore they got into various machokasos. So, so then, according to the Babish Rebbe, if we're taking it to the mind of the Tzila, then he would say this still... I mean, the or the Bashem Tov and Kabbalah and Tzila, maybe are two separate things. I mean, we don't have either or the Bashem Tov was on such a low level to a degree. It's one of the reasons you see. It's one of the reasons they discussed that. Also, because we're closer to Mashiach, that's also an, also another 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 reason. Yeah, you see that there are different kufos and different people have different capabilities and in, in, in different kufos. One hundred percent. Yeah, reason. Is the statement of sort of like a blanket statement of halacha, or is it? Talking in the Middle of is something which God willing we get to discuss in a future share. Is how much is talking a hefsek in, in, in the Middle of Do you have to start again? Start from, start from the beginning of the same bracha. That's actually what we discussed last week a little bit in our in our in our in our in our, in our joint limud. The Piskei Chuvos, if I recall correctly, does quote Poskemet say that that this is this this psaka be individualized if you know for sure there's reasons to assume you have more kavanah the second time around than the first time around. But as a rule of thumb. Uh, the, this is a taken as a blanket, taken as a blanket statement. So in individualized situations have to be dealt with, have, have to be dealt with. But as a, as a rule of thumb, the assumption is you're not going to have to find the second time around, second time around either. What does Rukhaim do with this? Ah, so this is the question. Because Rukhaim learned last one. Yeah, in Shulchan So the question is, what do we make of, the, of these statements of the Shulchan Aruch, of these Ashkenazi Rishonim? Rukhaim said the first bracha of us, you have to have Torah. Yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. This is a, this is the question. What type of halachic statements are these? You know, we understand in the world of self-compassion, the world of panemius, and the world of what, and world in other areas of, of Judaism and, and psychology. You can say, you know, you try as hard as you can. You can't do it. You can't do it. But it's about the effort that counts. That's not the way a legal system works. That's not the way mitzvahs work. If you tried very hard to take a lulav and you didn't, you just weren't yotze. If you took the lulav in a way that's puzzle, it's just puzzle. Um, it does it doesn't work. So why? So how can all of, a, all of a sudden can we say that it's okay? You could dive in without so much kavana. You don't have to repeat Shimon Esrei. You could dive in without kavana. Does that mean that nobody's actually yotzei Shimon Esrei? The Ramam and Rav Chaim gave us a barometer of how much kavana is necessary. Halakha works with, with, with objective shiurim, and if you don't reach that objective shiur, so you're probably not yotzei tefila. So how are we to understand these statements in Shulchan Aruch? Nowadays we don't have kavana, so we could dive in without kavana. You don't have to repeat Shimon Esrei. It's, it's fine. Does that mean nobody's actually yotzei davening? Ah. Exactly. Good. 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 So that. So that. So some of the halachim we started seeing last week already. So the Chazanish said, "What level kavanah is actually necessary? Just if somebody would stop you and ask you what are you doing, you would say you're davening. That's the Chazanish's theory. That we saw the Chaim Velazhin said that there is a concept of tefillah without tefillah without tefillah's kavanah, just saying the words. What I want to do now is try to develop another mahalach around these lines in Shachnarach that as long, that you, you try as hard as you can." 
And then whatever level of kavana you have when you try as hard as you can, that is sufficient halakhically for kavana v'tzvila. And the shear of kavana v'tzvila is going to be a different type of shear than we normally find in halakha. Usually halakhos have shearim that are very quantitative, very objective, very measured. If you reach it, you're yotze. If you don't reach it, you're not yotze. Perhaps shear of kavana v'tzvila is going to be contextual. It's going to be subjective. The shear of kavana v'tzvila is going to be try as hard as you can in your generation, in your context, and if you're trying as hard as you can, that's that, that's my stick. That, that that's enough. Your yotze, your yotze kavana v'tzvila. You say for us to explain that once you have kavana uh, perushamilim, which we probably do, most people know what most shmonasrei means. So your yotze, because you have that at least that level of kavana. So the question is, do people? If you have that level of kavana, so then you probably would be yotze. Kavakonar v'chaim, you only need perushamilim for the first bracha also. But how many people? Again, I don't, I don't want to take a poll. How many people have kavana for Pirash Amilim throughout the first Brokosh Monastery on a consistent basis? And then kavana for Amidah of Hashem, the entire Jewish Monastery, on a consistent basis. It's a, it's, that's, because of this, that's why people ask the first Karab, are you, are you ever to feel a bit Sibor? Because maybe you, you could concentrate, but the nine other people around you are not going to concentrate for the entire Jewish Monastery. Um, so, just to note, the Bira Laka, he takes these lines, he takes the original Halakha very seriously. And starts number six, the Baralaka is very bothered. How could, let's say somebody davinch, starts Avnish Manasre, and they're up to Atakadosh, and they realize that they didn't say the first Baraka with Kabbalah. So what does the Shokhan tell them to do? What does the Ramah tell them to do? To go, to go by there, to continue, to, to finish Manasre. But the Baralaka is like, but if you read the Gemara, read the Rambam, you're not Yodzei Tefillah. So what, if you're not Yodzei Tefillah, so what are all those Brakos that you're going to be doing from Atakadosh until the end of Manasre? They're all Brakos of Atala. It's not just you're doing something neutral, you're trying to dive in, it's, it's totally fine. But you're, but the very fact that you, you didn't have kavana for the, for the first bracha means you're tefillah is not kavana. Tefillah is means you're not yotzei tefillah. Now yotzei tefillah, every subsequent bracha you make is going to be a bracha levatala. So how could the Ramah tell you to continue and invite her in your Shemona Esrei if every subsequent bracha is going to be, is going to be, going to be a bracha levatala? So what does the Vira Laka suggest? He says, the Achronim are against me, the Achronim say just continue. But he suggests something wild. He's like, if you're up to if you're up to Atta Kadosh, if you're up to Atta Khonain, and you realize you didn't have Kavana for the first bracha, stop over there, be silent, wait for the Chazan to repeat Manasre, and then have Kavana with the Chazan's first couple of brachos up to the point where you're up to, and then pick up then, then and then pick up along the way. Because your Kavana of your kavana of listening to the chazan and thinking about the words while the chazan is saying those words will allow you to be yotze according to some shitos as we'll see um, those those first brachos of shmonas right and then you can pick up with the rest. Well, but why he, can't you just repeat shmonas? Because because Rama says because because Rama says we don't we assume maybe you want to come out the second time also. But then maybe we assume you want to come out with So chazan. if you don't, then you don't. Sorry. Then you haven't lost anything. Then you haven't lost anything. Exactly. You're not saying Brachal Vatala at that point. Yeah. The Chazan will have to have the right Kavanahs also. So how do you rely on the Chazan? So again, a place like Shira Tavir, these questions come up less because people here have a lot of Kavanahs they're inhabiting. But in most places in the world, again, I don't want to speak badly about, about Am Yisrael. It's amazing people show up at Davening every day. But it's uh, but if you're not the chazan, the chazan is not having kavana. So then the chazan, the chazan is not yosish manas, right? Or to feel a bit sibor. So then, you know, hadra kasher ledochta, as Stephen is saying. So again, we have mahalchim. How to understand this? We have the chazan ish, right? We have the chaim v'lajen. But I want to want to develop another mahalach based on the writings of the chubas van hagos, Rav Moshe Sternbach. Again, Rav Moshe Sternbach doesn't have the reputation of being an extremely meek person, extremely compromising person. Somebody understands. 
you know, human frailty and human existence. He's he's a postseg, a top tier postseg. No one calls her Akuba. And in his second stage of life, he's postulating for the Eid Haridis. So it's not somebody that's that's into, let's say, uh, let's say, yeah, Kulas. <laughs> let's call it a state into Kulas. He's a top. He's a top. You read his first couple of volumes of Chuvos, he was still a Roman Johannesburg. So there you have very interesting trials of Chuvos. But once he became the the, the guy of the Raivet, of the Eid Haridis, it's like, no, the Chuvos, the Chuvos are very, very tough. But look what he says over here. Source number seven. That you have to have kavanah your omid Hashem the entire time through. And then he says, look at the last line of the first paragraph. It's like according to Rav Chaim, nobody's ever Yotzei Davening. Is that really true? So the, look what he says. This is clearly not what Rav Chaim says, but this is his, his take on the matter. The underlying parts. The near Hashem is asik de posel. When do we say that you're not Yodse Tfila at all because of a lack of Kavana? When Midaito or Ritsono, when you volitionally start thinking about other things in the middle of davening. If you want to have Kavana, but thoughts pop into your mind subconsciously, without, you know, from, from, from your subconscious, without you thinking about it. As long as you start off well with the first bracha, the fact that you lose your kavana of midot Hashem in the middle is not going to be a problem, as long as those thoughts are not volitional, as long as you don't embrace these the, 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 these these makshav osaros. You have to have kavana. In the Mahir of Inamas Palo, Karash Kefasaki Shaman Shliyatza. If you're diving quickly, you don't have kavana because you're diving quickly. According to Berlacho, you may have yotze. That as long as you're trying your hardest, even if thoughts are popping into your brain, you're still Yotzei Tzfilah. Look at the next paragraph. Where does he get this from? When a virus pay, this is not underlined, what does the term avoda mean according to him? You have to daven with kavana, but avoda is a service. You have to try as hard as you can to be to be an eved. If you're trying as hard as you can, and because of because of the weak mind state of concentration nowadays, because of our because of our diminished attention span, because of generally read us adoros, because of the context that you're in of traveling or things going on going on in your life, you're you're distracted and you can't daven. It's still considered an avodah shabalev because you're trying as hard as you can. So according to Rav Sternbach, it's a fascinating shuva because what is the gender of the halachic definition of kavanah that's necessary for tefillah? Thoughts are going to pop into your brain. You're going to get distracted. But it's about whether or not you accept those thoughts or you actively try to reject them. It's something discussed in Chassidus a lot, right? right? But what, what, to do with, what to do with Machshavah Zaros and Tzvila? Tanya assumes that when you're davening... Sorry? Tanya says, exactly. You're, you're going to have Machshavah Zaros. Your, your kavanah is going to get messed up. There's no question about it. That's human psychology. But the question is, what do you do at the next stage? So Tanya has a whole process of what to do when thoughts pop into your brain in the middle of the oven. He says, don't attack them. Don't try to be mild of them. Try to distract your brain and then eventually get yourself back in the, back, 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 eventually get yourself back in the tefillah. Corner of Sternbach, what you do with those makshavah zaros that pop into your brain is, is, is going to determine whether or not you're yod say tefillah. So the sheer of, of the, what is the sheer of how much kavanah you have to have when I'm davening? 
It's subjective. It's what, what do I, in my context, how much kavana could I muster? What do I do with these random thoughts that pop into my brain, with my breaks of concentration, with the scatteredness of, with the scatteredness of my thoughts? And where does he get this from? The definition of avoda, avoda believe. So you see something a little bit more subjective. And the metzius, that so many people don't dive in with kavana, and according to Rav Chaim Salvechek, nobody, nobody would be able to say tefillah according to a strict read of Rav Chaim Salvechek. I think it's a fascinating, fascinating malach. Because you don't have to see, you don't have to say that like the Chazanesh, as long as somebody taps you on the shoulder and asks you what you're doing, you say you're davening or you'd say. You don't have to say like Rafhaim Velazhin that there is the power to the words themselves, even without any kamada. There's something in between. This ideally supposed to have kamada for every word, perishamidlim, omidapnayashkina, vakule vakule. But how much of that do you actually have to have? As much as you can muster in your individualized context. Um, and we see similar things popping up from popping up from uh, from from other acharonim. Um, you look in source number eight. The Gemara has, and the earlier earlier daf in in, in Irubin has a, also a fascinating fascinating discussion. Amar of Sheshes Mishum Mabi Lazar Ben Azaria Yachol Ani Leftoras Kol Ulam Kulo Min Adin Miyom Shachar Beis Mikdash V'Adakshav Ayn Kud Pater Everybody From From Din From Din From the Day Beis Mikdash Was Destroyed Until Now Shenamar Lachin Shemina Zos Aniya Shukaras Blo Minayin because people are in pain, people are suffering, people are drunk not from wine, they're drunk from pain and trouble, once the base mikdash is destroyed. The Gemara says, does that mean you're patr from everything? Look at the last one of the Gemara. El shapatr min nami midin I could pause the entire world from davening because we are ke'ilu drunk constantly when we're in Gamlas, when the base mikdash is destroyed, we were distracted, we can't have the requisite kavan. So Rashi walks it back a little bit. Rashi says, "Look at Rashi. We didn't feel that we can't expect people to have kavana nowadays because because we're in Gullus, because the basic mikdash is destroyed." So what does the Gemara compare a state of Gullus to? To being drunk. Usually, when you're drunk, you're drunk from alcohol. You can't think straight. When you're pained, the 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 um, the, uh, the Talmud Bavli says Talmud Shami has a, has, a, has, a, has an even stronger line that when you're in pain, you're keilu drunk because you can't drink, you can't think straight, and therefore you're patter from davening with kavana. What's the problem with this? If you take the analogy literally, let's say you're actually drunk. What are you supposed to do vis-a-vis fila? Supposed to not daven. Look at the Rambam. Source number ten. Shikor al yisfalo nishein lo kavana. Vimisfalo tefilasta tuiva. If you're actually drunk, you're not supposed to daven, and if you daven, you're not going to say tefillah. So again, if you take the analogy literally, like some of them are going, to, are going to try to, the question is, if you're drunk, you're not supposed to daven, if you daven, you're not going to say tefillah. But if the time period of Gullus, when Amishal is going through sorrows, is, is parallel, halakhically, to a time period when people are drunk, they shouldn't be davening at all, and if they shouldn't be davening at all, they should not be yotzi davening. So why are we davening at all if we can't daven with kavana because we're on galos? If we're parallel to somebody who's drunk and somebody who's drunk can't, they, because they can't daven with kavana, they shouldn't be davening at all. Yeah. They... Okay. So you're saying it's like a it's like a double level of, of drunkenness. It's it's a, it's more intense form. Yeah, I think that that's what the marsha I think says that. Uh, when you're the, the drunken the drunken state of being in Gullus is not exactly parallel to you no know, to alcohol to, to alcohol ingestion, you're you're pained a little bit. So therefore we we we, we still tell you to daven, just try to daven with as much kavana as possible. If you're actually drunk, then you can't daven with kavana at all. Um, that that would be one approach. Is it, isn't that daven with, with 
Yeah, exactly. Shakar Kalod is Patrick Mohammed. Suppose if you're a Shasoi, you drank a Ravias, and you're a little bit effect, impacted, you're not, you're not supposed to daven. If you daven, then Tfilah, Tfilah. If you're in a Yakal Dabar if you're uh, in a state that you can't, must, you can't speak properly, um, so then you're not supposed to daven, and if you daven, your Tfilah is a Toeva. So the Arachashokan asked this question. Arachashokan, source number 11, asked if in Galos we're all really drunk, and the reason why you can't daven with, when you're drunk according to the Rambam is because of lack of Kavana. And when you're in Galos, you also can't have so much Kavana. So why are we davening throughout our long Galos? Look at the underlying part in Sif Gimel. It says, in source number 11, Like we're drunk, we have tear dust at Galos. Why can't we, why, why are we davening at all? We should be, we should be, we should be halakhically similar to people, to people that are drunk. No, the Rambam did believe in Tirdas Agalas. The Rambam writes somewhere that's, that's why there's no Navua nowadays. Like, you look at the Kuzari, or all the Sifre Chasidas, why, why is there no Navua nowadays? Because Navua is only in our Israel and time, time in his base of Mekdash. The Rambam had a more rational, naturalistic perspective on Navua. So Navua shouldn't be totally whether or not you're in Eretz Israel, the base of Mekdash is up or not up. If, if you're on a certain level, you should be Zohar to Navua. Uh, at, least, at least that's what some passages in Mar Nebuchadnezzar sound like. So Rambam describes the Mordevu and why do people not reach, do not get Nebuchadnezzar nowadays? And they tear us to Galos, because we're in Galos. Then, therefore, we don't have the infrastructure to allow people to sit and learn and study and meditate and become like the Talmidi Hanaviyam that were wandering on the forest of Eretz Israel, like we find in, find in Tanakh. And therefore, people don't reach the level of actually, of, of, act, of actual Nebuchadnezzar. How did Esther have Nebuchadnezzar? Esther had Ruach HaKud. Hashem speaks to her directly? She had Ruach HaKud. Only one says she's in Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And she was in Galas and during the. She was in Chutzlaret and. In Chutzlaret and Galas. Because the Gemara says, Rashi says, that he was, uh, he was started off in Eretz Israel. And then he continues. Continue. Once you start off in Eretz Israel, if you continue on the Chutzlaret, Esther, I don't know. What else? Well, she wanted. It says that you are where your thoughts are. That's uh, only by a festival group that has. Uh, oh, yeah? That's what it says? Great. Um, I'm not sure. That's a good question. Right. Esther was born. In Chutzlaret? I'm not sure. She's. That's a good question. I'm not sure. So you guys will be right to the rabbi. By women. Yeah, by women it's okay. They're always connected <laughs> there. It's true. Tashim Siskanios. So if you so if you look in Sif Dalid, the Alkashalkan explains that the what type of what level of kavana is necessary. Again, you would think that there's a certain objective quotient of kavana that's necessary, a certain level of concentration that's necessary in order to be able to tefila. It's like every other mitzvah. So you have a, you have an objective shear. Rav Shachon says no. That's not the way it works. If that's the way it worked, then once you're in Galos, you can't reach that objective shear of kavana. You shouldn't be dominating. Rather, what level of kavana do you have to have? Look at Sefdalid. Amnam ha'inyan kainu. Dinei kavana is b'ayir de tefila who kol meidat le'amalach. Tefila is is a, is, a, is an encounter with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Fiza tzarek lahachin atzmo al kavana neosa la'amol d'fnei melech malachim lachem Kadosh Baruch What level of kavana do you have to have? As much kavana as you can muster through preparation. The in kolzer in ba'amdo betzila and his balbula kavanaso lo ninatavar lamalchei asharis umayu chalasos v'lchein ein cholzer b'shvil kisaron kavana. Why nowadays are we so mikul about kavana? Not because we're throwing halacha, uh, we're, throwing, we're throwing halacha, we're throwing the halacha, we're throwing the halacha out, and we're saying it's not relevant with manazah. We don't have to have kavana and tefila. No, we have to have kavana and tefila. But what level of kavana and tefillah is necessary, bizman hazeh, as much kavana as we can muster if we put in the proper, the proper, the proper preparation. And if because of Yudas Adoros, and if because of Tirdas Hagalos, because of the tzara being in Galos, 
uh, the standard level of kavana within our context is going to be lower than the level of kavana they had in times of the base of Mekdash, that's understandable. That's fine. Halakhically, that's fine. At what point is kavana ma'ake v'zman If you don't prepare properly for davening. If you come to davening in a state of drunkenness. Because then, it could be if you're drunk, and if you're having tear dust like Allah's, you're going to have an equal amount of kavana. And still, the person with tear dust like Allah's is going to be yotze. The person who's drunk is not going to be yotze. Why? Because the person with Tirdas Agalos is trying to prepare for Tfilah as much as possible. And within the context, they're mustering the, 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 uh, ideal amount of, the, the, ideal, the optimal amount of, of Kavana that they can have. If you're drunk, though, then you're doing the opposite. You're not only you're not preparing for Tfilah, you are putting yourself in a state where you can't have Kavana, and therefore you're not going to be able to say Tfilah. look at it like a call, like, like you, you could... But so, like, yes, yeah, so I, I think it's less halachic than that. I think it's it's well, the way he defines kavana is is hachana. It's the amount of kavana you can have if you prepare for tefillah properly. So that's going to be there's going to be a ceiling on that based on your context, based on galos, based on tirdos, based on traveling. But you always have to try to be as as high within your own framework as possible. So the framework is going to shift from times of galos to times of geula, eretz yisrael, chutz aretz, you know, tirdos, no tirdos, travel, no travel. But within your context, you have to have do hachana to have as much kavana as possible. At that point, you're yotzei tefila. If you don't have, you don't put in that, you don't put in that hachana, or if you do something to actively put your to actively um, in, in, inhibit your kavana, so then you're not going to be yotzei davening. Is that like Rosh Exactly, exactly. It's exactly, it's exactly the theory. So Rosh doesn't quote doesn't quote the Rashi'ah, but I wanted to try to try to find that, that the, there are some earlier sources which point in this direction of the of, of Rosh that the sheer kavana you have to have is subjective, individualized, contextualized within the framework of the person is living within in the in, the current, in his current situation. Which I think is a fascinating idea. And Rosh says it comes from a vodah because that's all God can expect of you in terms of what type of vodah is going through in your heart. For Maisim, you can have an objective sheer. A lula of this size is possible, this size is kosher. But a vodah has to be more individualized, more subjective, more contextualized. Yeah. That was why the Gula Mishmar, the Amoran, was not an hour before. The Machana is a mitzvah. Yes. The Chivas, I mean, the Chivas is a big thing. The mitzvah itself. Exactly. And for Tzfilah, the Gemara, the Mishnah says, the Chassidim Rishonim would be Shohah an hour before davening, but that's not halachically required, though. What's halachically required is to be Shohah for a minute. Because in a way, Hana shows your Rotson to do the mitzvah, how it comes out, how you perform it, and Kabbalah as well, included in that, is that's the Machana from Shalom. Right. Right, so I think what, what these postcards are saying is that in terms of mitzvah shabamasa, lulav, you can put in a lot of achana, but if in the end of the day you didn't pick up the lulav properly, you're not yotze. For tefillah is unique, that the amount of achana you put in um, and, the, and the, uh, the, the roof of how much kavan you can have within your contextualized situation is going to, de- is going to determine how much kavan is necessary for you to be yotze your mitzvah. Um, just to bring one more thought, one more, one, one more, one more similar maramakom, and then with this we'll close. This outside the role of kavana, we find this idea elsewhere in elsewhere in a, in, in Hilchos Tfila. Look at source number twelve. The Gemara has a the Gemara has a discussion. Tanarabanan hanitzrak lenakavav ayispalav. Somebody has to use the restroom. They shouldn't daven. The mispalal tfilasa tueva. And if you daven in that situation, in that state, your tfila is a tueva. You are not going to be yotze tfila. So what is wrong with davening while you have to use the restroom? Lucas verse number thirteen, the goes my manios, says, You can't even learn Torah in this state. 
What's the reason why you can't daven in the state? Because gufa meshukats. You're in a disgusting state. This is not a state when you should be involved in Inyani Kedusha, especially Tfila, which is Omid Lifnei Hashkina. But if you look at look in the Gemara, the Gemara's Mar Makomos are interesting. The Gemara's sources for, for this halacha. You look at the, the third paragraph over here. Amar Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmini, Amar Rabbi Yonasan. Hanitzrak Lenakavim Vlo Yispalel. Misham Shenemar, he chon the cross Lakacha Yisrael. What passage does the Gemara quote as a source for this halacha? You're not supposed to dive in when you have to use the restroom? He chon. He chon is Milashan Hachada. Supposed to prepare yourself for tefillah, and clearly this person didn't prepare themselves for tefillah because they should have used the restroom prior to davening. You look at the Meiri, source number fourteen. I think he, he picks up on this. The Meiri writes, "Amru Chachamim, over So if you if you don't use the restroom when you have to, you violate this law. Ulatfila sarikli shtander otair atzmo shelo yaboli deituma betfilaso." How does he phrase this halacha? You have to put an effort to be matire yourself to not come to a state of tumma in during your tefillah. So again, according to Rabbi Nosimka, according to the Ghost Maimonios, what is the basis of this halacha? Right now, if you have this excrement inside of you, you're mashukats, you're matuav, and you can't be involved in any kedusha. According to him, Iri, how does he phrase it? Are you currently mashukats and matuav? Doesn't sound like it. I mean, your, your, externally, your body is, is, is totally fine. Maybe Hashem doesn't necessarily care what's inside your body. But what's the problem with davening in the state? That you might come with a tumma, you might have to use the restroom while you're davening. And what does that create upon you? An obligation to prepare. So what is the nature of this halakha? It's not an objective halakha that I have to be in a certain state when I'm davening. It's halakha by preparation. I have to prepare myself enough for davening that I can get through my tefillah without tumah, without having to run to the bathroom in the middle. And as long as you put in enough preparation, even if it happens that you had to run to the bathroom in the middle of tefillah, you're still fine. Even if the objective reality is the same, you have the excrement inside of you, it doesn't matter. As long as you put in the preparation, as long as you, as long as you try to prepare yourself before, as long as you try to prepare yourself properly before davening, even if the objective reality was as such that you that you had to run to the bathroom in the middle of the evening, you are going to be yotze. Suppose there be no simcha that, uh, that uses as a, uses as an objective lacha. You're mashuka, you're you can't daven, that's it. The Miri is, is formulating it as a din and hiko, about preparation. You have to try to prepare yourself for the evening as much as possible. If you put in the efforts, whatever happens during the evening, it doesn't matter as much, you're yotze. But as long as you try to be omid the neashkina in a proper fashion, um, you are going to be Yotzei Tzvila, you're Yotzei that's Mitzvah Picho, and, and there's some halakha ramifications that Miri has in this, which, which, we're not gonna get, which, we, which, we, which, we, which we don't have to get into right now. I think it's a similar idea that, that, that some halakha, most, most areas of halakha are objective, from God, concretized, there's a formal shear, either you make it or you don't. Tzvila is going to be a little bit different. Rishnurbach says because it's a Vodash Vilev. It's much more about the preparation, it's about how much of yourself you're bringing towards it, and we saw it both in terms of kavana, that as much of kavana as possible within your context is going to be the amount of kavana necessary for you to be Yotzi Tzvila. And I think there's a similar lacha about Hanitzrach on Akavav. It's not necessarily about the objective reality. Are you, is your guf meshukatz and metuav? Is there excrement inside of you right now? 
It's much more about preparation. According to the Miri, as long as you're preparing yourself to daven properly, whatever happens, happens. It's not, it's not up to you. It's about you bringing yourself to Avodah to being in the best state possible within your current reality. So I think that's a, I think it's true halakhically. I think it's fascinating to see these makoros in halakhic sources, not just, not just in Hasidish, not just in Hasidish makoros. And I think it's, uh, it allows us, to, on the one hand, to have a little bit of self-compassion, that sometimes our ceiling for kavana is going to be limited based on the generation we're in, based on the context of our lives. But at the same time, it's very challenging, because we are saying within the context of your life, you have to optimize and prepare yourself to have as much kavana as possible within, within, the, within that individualized context that, I, that, that Hashem has given each Hashem has given each and every one of us. So thank you so much. I just uh, yeah. 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 Yeah.